You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. Hey, it's your boy Time here and we are back and I am back and you're welcome because, uh, you had to suffer through a podcast without time here. It's okay. You know who's going to have to suffer this podcast? Who's that? Uh, his name starts with a D. I I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> um, it boy, blows my mind because of the boy, boy those Memphis Tigers. Like. Can we talk about that off the rip? <sighs> <laughs> can we talk oh, about God. those Memphis Tigers off the rip? Only if we can talk about Louisville. One hundred percent. And we can talk about the uh, Steelers and Browns. Terrible game, by the way. Yeah. But yeah, let's start off with those Memphis Tigers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> what, sure. We can, what was we can. the uh, what was at stake in this last game on Saturday? What so happened? What was, what was at stake is we were fighting for conference championship berth. Uh, SMU, USTA, and uh, Tulane right now. It was a four-man race for two spots. Now it's a three-man race for the two spots uh, because we've lost two games. And I think those three particular teams have only lost one conference game amongst the three. Uh, UTSA plays uh, Tulane this week coming up. So it should be interesting to figure out, you know, who goes on both sides of and plays in our conference championship. So, I mean, it's cool. It was just a cotton ball barked up for grabs. But thanks, Gary, for you oh. wanting me to explain it. Did Louisville win this weekend? I'm Louisville just curious. Did win. Louisville oh. won, uh, and they are going to the ACC championship to play Florida State, who, unfortunately, I would prefer them to have, be full strength, but they will not have their starting quarterback uh, he's going to be out for the rest of the year. So I, I think that does take away a little bit of the luster, but we are in the ACC championship. Um, and we were picked to finish, I think, eighth in the ACC, and now we're in the ACC championship, you know, coach of the year cat- category. But uh, I, I won't go that far, I guess, because, you know, Colorado's 4-7, and seven, not going to make a bowl game this year. Speaking speaking of Colorado, I didn't want to I didn't want to bring it up. I was waiting on somebody else to bring it up. And I have a few questions for you because there's been a lot of coaches or a lot of people going to Deion Sanders neck now that uh, it I'm not going to say it didn't work. I'm going to say that it's a work in progress. But because because Deion Sanders didn't come out and go 11 and one or or nine and two or six and five or whatever the case may be. It wasn't a winning record. Is this season considered a failure for Colorado? Even well, though they 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 it's, they it's, won way more games than they won yeah, the year before. It's, it's like we said last week. I think it was a media induced frenzy over Colorado. I don't think it has anything to do with Colorado and Dion. Uh not succeeding i think they i would consider it a success for colorado they won one game the year before they're in, moving in the right direction long as dion stays but i think the media hyped them up way more than they deserve to be 
They're the worst team in that division, and they proved it this year by being the worst team in that division. So I think it's what was expected. I think they had they had improved from the previous year. Again, that's the problem with the media. People believe everything the media says. Everybody was hyped on Colorado. We had time literally talking about, oh, trying to take bets that they're going to win eight games. I knew that wasn't going to happen. I didn't even get a bowl game. Like, again, I, I just I knew they were not a good team. It's hard to do all that stuff, and the Pac-12 was loaded with talented teams this year. So I don't think it's a failure of a team. I think it is just a like you said, it's a work in progress. I don't think it's a fa- I think they were just hyped up too much by the media, and they weren't never going to achieve those those goals. Let me let me tell you something that I've encountered, Gary, that I didn't think I was going to encounter as the landscape of college football has changed and will continue to change. It, uh, I, I, I'm a fan of the transfer portal. I, I, I can't, I can't make this up. I, I agree that students should have the same ability that coaches have in the event that a coach wants to leave and make more money, I think a player should have the same opportunity, Gary. But I'm going to tell you something, that I was expecting this to happen, but I don't know how much it has happened, Gary, so you can tell me. I know Miami beat Louisville. Uh, Auburn took a loss uh, this weekend as well, and I'm pretty sure everybody knows who Auburn lost to. I'm asking you, Gary, as – as your friend on the podcast, yours two time, do you think the transfer portal? Because when we played S, when we played SMU, every running back that SMU had did not originally commit to SMU. They were all transfers. Transfers. One from Alabama. One from uh, uh, Florida. One from so everybody that's playing on this SMU team. Everybody that's mostly playing for Tulane, uh, these teams that are really good now because you have you have a chance through the transfer portal. Do you think that there'll be more schools catching the bigger schools like Alabama when they play a, a unnamed school? The games would be closer because I could go wherever I want to go and you can get unlimited talent from the transfer portal gear. It's just a matter of meshing it and coaching it well. I'm 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 asking you, do you think the transfer portal makes football a lot fair across the college landscape? Um honestly, no. What? I don't. I think you'll get your you'll get your upsets here or there from like teams that have Good years, like you said, Auburn. Auburn's not a good team this year. They lost to a team, yeah. Like, is like I think you'll hear some of that stuff will happen, but you're not gonna see SMU's not gonna beat Alabama. That's just not gonna happen. I, I don't care if they had recruits that have transferred in. They don't have all the talent. They may have a couple pieces that help their team, but their whole team is not built that way, like Alabama's team or like that. So I think. You may see it way down the road, but I don't think it's anytime soon because you can field certain players 
that make your team better and, and really elevate your team, whether it be a QB or a running back. But like when you're going against the Alabamas, Ohio States, Georgias, their whole roster, O-line, D-line, DBs, linebackers, corners, wide receivers, running backs, QBs are all top-notch, great athletes. That's going to beat a team that just has a good running back with a decent corner that's transferred or something like that. That's They're going to lose. It's, yeah. it's just not going to happen. You may get your uh, upsets every once in a while, but I don't think it has closed that gap as much as people like to think it might. Because team until those teams don't get those recruits, the, the that gap's not going to close. But they're always going to get those recruits because even with the transfer portal, the thing that stops the transfer portal that, that I guess counters it is NIL deals. You're going to get more money at Alabama than you are at SMU. So if you just stay at Alabama and you don't want to play, you may get more money than you're going to get SMU because you got they got more donors willing to put money into it than SMU does. So like that's a counter to the transfer portal. Do, do we lose D time? Uh, it looks like it. <laughs> looks like we lost him. Can't even talk to this uh. guy. What is that? Rich people just can't afford good internet. It's it's bad. What do you think, D? Or uh, time? Uh, you know, like you know, the transfer portal is all well and good, but I just because you know the thing I hate about it is the the chemistry aspect of it gets messed up. You know, um, but like you said, the big schools are going to be the big schools. The big schools are going to they already had the money flowing to people. Now it's just legal for them to do it, and they have the most money to flow to people. So I don't know. The big schools are going to be the big schools. I think it does open up more opportunities, um, you know, for for today's athlete that is, you know, doesn't want to sit behind somebody. Uh, they're like, man, f this, I'm out of here. So it's easier for them to leave. Um, but outside of that, I don't really, I don't really see that, you know. Yeah, and that's, that's why I think the NIL will counter the transfer portal, but. I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see how that goes. Um, D, where'd you hear it? Lose me at. I didn't hear any of that. So I'll, I'll give you just a quick, <laughs> a quick synopsis of what I said since you missed all of it. I basically said the NIL is a counter to the transfer portal in the aspect that you can leave and go to a different school, but it ain't going to – It's it's not um, – you're not going to get the same amount of money you would get if you left Alabama to go to SMU. You're not going to get that same kind of NIL. So you may see one or two players leave, but you're not going to see whole rosters leave. And those teams aren't going to be able to compete at this moment, maybe down the road, but at this moment, I don't think it's possible. Okay. Well, well, all I'm saying is, is that if I'm not getting paid at Alabama or I'm a, I'm a big-time recruit and I'm not getting paid the type of money that those players are getting paid in Alabama uh, that are starting or just getting some clock and I leave and I get $20,000. That's way more than what I was getting at the last university that I was at. And now, you know, with me being able to get paid now, I'm going to move more frequently than I would if I was just there because I'm going where the money is because I now oh. have the opportunity to make it in amateur sports now and not make it to the next level and still be set for the rest of my life. No, I agree. I, I just think that even if you, if one player does that, a smaller school is not going to be able to fill the whole team like that. So that's why I don't think the gaps close as much as people like to think it is. 
You think Caleb Williams, if he wanted to move from USC and he wanted to go to another university? I okay, mean, if, I know that if that's, you wanted that, to that say he a, was say he went to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's yes. not beating Georgia. I don't yeah, care. But I, you, you don't have to you don't have to beat Georgia because if I know that Caleb Williams is going to Vanderbilt, he's going to bring a lot of other players with him, Gary, because of the talent level that he has. There's a lot of people that want to yes. play with him, Gary. Yes, but it's not going to be enough talent to compete with Georgia, Alabama type teams because he's not going to be there long enough for that to matter. Right. He'll I be see gone. What you're so, like, yeah, you may get a couple guys, but you're not going to field 22 players gotcha. that can compete with those because those teams got 22 players. Gotcha. That makes sense. I see what you're saying. I, I respect it. I respect it. Yeah, sorry for everybody still, that had to listen to it twice. Cause D I still, has I, yeah, I still believe that you could build a national championship theme, team through the transfer portal. I was a huge fan of what Deion Sanders was building there because I wanted him to make history in terms of turning a program around from that one 1-11 to going 11-1 this year. It would have been an absolutely amazing story. Not only would it have been an amazing story, it would have been – like, I think Deion Sanders could have literally taken over the world had they done that. So, I got I got a different question. It deals with college football still as well, but it's a different part, different side of the realm. Not mediocre football teams, but good football teams. Um, what do you, I want to, do you know all this stuff that's going on with James Madison? What? So, you have no idea what's going on with James Madison? No. What about you, Time? No, I did see that like somebody posted about somebody beating James Madison, and I was like, "Why is that a big deal?" Okay, yeah, 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 it was college game day. So James Madison was ranked. They moved up from Division two to Division one football um, three years ago. So they've only been playing for two years in Division uh, one football. Well, there's some archaic NCAA rule that says when you move up. From one division to the other, you're not eligible for conference championships or bowl games. Their first year, they went eight and three. This year, they were undefeated, ranked until they lost to App State, and they were not eligible for the conference championship or for a bowl game because they came up. How is that rule in place? What is that rule for? I can understand if it was for moving down, like if you're downsizing from Division One to Division One AA, that would make sense because you're going to have more you're going to have more talent because you were a Division One school. But if you're a Division One AA school and you're moving up, you're not going to have that same talent as those Division One schools. So, can anybody explain to me why that is a rule that they can't get a bowl game and they can't when they moved up and they over excelled from what anybody thought they were going to do. Cause that doesn't happen, but they did it and they get penalized for it. Well, well now Gary, this is the first time that we're talking about a team that's being on this side. 99.9% of the time, the teams are going to be on the other side of that coin which is not being able to win football games, not being able to compete with the teams that are around them because they're literally getting used to the talent level and pool that they have just currently entered. Correct. Uh, JMU, obviously, can, we could see that they hadn't played anybody if they lost to App State. I'm not sure how good well, App State is. So, But they're, but they're the best, one of the best teams in their division. 
That's right. all you can I, say. I, and I understand that. Like rules. I, now these rules were probably put in place a long time ago to protect something, but because of the NIL deals and the way the college landscapes has changed, that rule was still in place. It's just the old rule that was in place that nobody ever used. So I guess, do you think it should be a still rule? This sucks. Like, do you think it should still be a rule? I think we lost him again. Oh, I'm back. Do you think it should still be a rule? I don't think it should still be a rule because the college landscape has changed. Yeah. I don't think it should be a rule in terms of moving up and down. I think there should be rules with how often and how how frequently a player can travel from team to team. Because what I don't want to do is look up and see a player that has played on four different teams now, in I four do, different years. I do think they do have a rule with that. I think they have where if you transfer once, you can play right away. But if you transfer a second time, you have to sit out a year. Okay. All so right. they do have something in place like that. But I, I think it's archaic. <laughs> it should not be a rule that if you move up divisions, you have to sit out and you can't playing a championship or a bowl game, but I do think it should be a rule if you if you downsize and go down, then maybe you have to wait two years before because then you'd be elevated from that division one talent and you're going down division one double A. You should be better than those teams in Division One Double A because of the talent you had previously. You should you should, but again now you still can college, lose, I agree. The college landscape has changed, Gary. I can go. I can go to the transfer portal, and I can pick up any players that I want to. I'm pretty sure JMU, uh, because they had college game day and they had the level of success that they reached this year. I'm pretty sure that they reached in deep in the well of the transfer portal in order to find the players that they needed to give them the results that they've gotten this season. So, with that being said, Gary, JMU did something that I think. Deion Sanders was trying to do, but the talent level that Deion was playing against was a lot higher Correct. than the level that JMU was playing at. Just no, my I, opinion. I, I agree, but Colorado. But they got college been, game day, and I think it was something that Deion Sanders opened up to those small schools. No, I agree. I think uh, Colorado definitely had tougher schedule. As you can hear, D keeps having internet troubles because he has terrible internet at his house. Um, but I'll fill in. Um, so Colorado had better talent. They've been Division One forever. James Madison has not been Division One. This is their third year or second. This is their second year in Division One. So I don't know. I, I they're not going to be in a better conference until they get prove themselves, and they've been proving themselves right. They're all you can do is win your conference, and that's what they're trying to do in the Sun Belt. Time. Yeah, I think it's a silly, it's a silly rule. <laughs> I mean, if you're going up, I mean, like you said, if it was like the other way around, I can see that 100%. But going up to a higher talent and having to sit out, that's crazy. Well, I mean, look at App State the year that they beat Michigan. Uh, App State was in that process of moving up to Division One football. Uh, they got the big win against Michigan. Uh, and we were all thinking like, man, you know, that's a big leap for App State. I mean, I understand they won their game, but, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. So we wasn't really sure with them moving up how how their players were going to respond, how things were going to look in the conference that they were in with them moving up to Division One. And they moved up, and I think they fared well. I mean, they hadn't been ranked or anything like that. 
I I, I just think that JMU um, put a collection of players together that were successful doing that particular problem. I don't think that they're world beaters, Gary. I don't think that they can beat a team that has a winning record outside of any other conference. Uh, I'm not telling oh, that I'm not saying that I want to put them up against Alabama or you know one of those schools. I want to put them up against a team like uh, like Memphis. Like let me get a Power Five school that had a pretty good season this year. Yeah, like and Memphis. See if they can beat that team because I don't think they could. Yeah, like Memphis, right? He has no internet, guys. That's why he's so, he's so lost right now. You should see his face. I don't know if you can see his face. Oh man, he is so mad at his internet company. But uh, yeah, I would agree. I would say putting him up against Memphis would probably be a good challenge. They probably beat Memphis if I had to guess. Um, but that's they just would not. Oh, he's back, guys. Back. <laughs> just in time. <laughs> I only had to say that joke four times for him to hear it. <laughs> Oh, oh, he's, oh he's moving to the phone. He's moving to the phone so he can I mean, actually. What we got to do to get you some good internet? I mean, we got to do something. Either that or buy a new computer. Maybe maybe Gary can foot the bill. I know he's the rich one. <laughs> Gary's the one. Gary's the breadwinner. But um, can we talk? can we talk about that Brown-Steelers game now? And before we do another 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 dive on to NFL real quick, so I, I know we can spend some more time there. Something out because we we kind of jumped over to how was your weekend, and I wanted to ask. Oh, there was a weekend. <laughs> I want to ask D because I've been seeing a lot of chirping from D'Angelo Williams on uh, social media. Oh, we don't need to talk about Uno that. Belt. We don't need to talk about that. With this Uno belt, where, where, where is this Uno belt coming out of the woodwork, D? I, I hadn't heard you talk about Uno in a while, and then now all of a sudden you're you're, you're sleeping with the belt. Uh, taking it to the farm look, with you. What's going on with that? Look, look, Tom. mute. <laughs> we don't got time to talk about no stupid Uno stuff. What? So we don't need to hear about no Uno. Uh, <laughs> let's go about this Browns game. Uh, who they were playing? Like some Phillies, Steelers, or something. I don't know. Uh, no, all in all, that game was terrible to watch. It was a terrible game to watch. Um, and I think. Cleveland can make it to the playoffs. I don't know how well they will do. I just uh, they're they're winning by their defense is keeping them in the games. And yeah, they're playing really old school football. You know, hard defense. You know, running backs that can get the job mm-hmm. done. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, like hats off to them. Pittsburgh looks terrible. They don't have all offense either. It's uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think we can all agree Pittsburgh is way worse than their record because they have Correct. so many games. But again, I will like, say they also their defense keeps them in the games, and that's all. If you if your defense can keep you in the game, you can have a chance to eke out a victory, get a turnover here or there, kick some field goals. You may not score any points on offense, but you can do something. And I think that's been the motto for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They haven't been able to do anything on offense. I don't know what their problem is over there. I don't know if it's a quarterback issue. I know they're falling out of favor of Najee Harris. I think they're really liking Jalen Warren. Um, but D, what do you think the issues in Pittsburgh? Is it can he pick it? What is what's going on over there? Well, well, first of all, they've been coined the worst six and three team to uh ever be assembled. Which is agreeable. We, we can start there. Um, and I think that's wild because it's hard to get wins in the National Football League. 
There's no script. Uh, there's no, hey, this team is going to win uh, for these reasons. When you yeah, line so up, I mean, how, how much does the NFL pay y'all to keep that secret after you are done playing? That there's well, a script so, that you guys play that y'all follow. It's there, there, there's there, there's no script time. There, there's no. I wish I was getting a check to hide the script. See, look, all of a sudden he's talking about the script and his internet goes out. Coincidence? I think you know, not. You know who? Yeah, D, you got to fix your internet. You're terrible. <laughs> there. Is it, is it not working now? Is it, am I, it am did. I you you froze for a second when you were literally about to tell us there's no script and then you froze. It's like they never oh. heard you. <laughs> oh, yeah. There, there, there's, there's no script, one. Two, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going through this process of in the last few years, you got to understand, Gary, when you play teams, I, I, I'm going to give you some examples. I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. When you hear all these successful organizations, uh, I'm going to even throw the New Orleans Saints in there. They have uh, Kansas City Chiefs right now are benefiting from it. When you have an elite quarterback that has played in your system for 10-plus years, normally you get results of a player being very familiar with the system and being able to move the football and for you to win football games. What the Pittsburgh Steelers are going through right now is that longevity lull is what I call it, which having Ben Roethlisberger playing there for – 75 years, uh, them always knowing that they can always believe on him to pull him through tough spouts and through tough situations, and they they believed in him. We believed in him, and he showed us that we could believe in him, that he could win football games. Well, when you take Ben Roethlisberger away from an organization or you take uh, you take uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers from an organization – you take a Patrick Mahomes from an organization. You take a Tom Brady. You take a um, you take a guy like that. Jake from- Delhomme. Did you just compare Ben Roethlisberger to Tom Brady? No, I'm I'm talking about the longevity in which they stayed on the team to learn the offense. Oh, like a, like a LeBron James or something. I'm, I'm, I got you. Oh my god. Oh my god. Can we get a new? Can we get a new host? Got him! Got him! Can we, can we get a new host? <laughs> you know I'm gonna find my way to work. I think I there, think baby. this host. I think our host needs to pay us twenty dollars every time he mentions LeBron James' name in a podcast. We might be billionaires. Oh, it is unbelievable how much LeBron James gets mentioned for no this, reason at all. Just randomly. Well, when you but, say the word longevity, that's one of the first people that should come to your mind. A lot of losing, well, I agree. Yeah, but when we when we talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, though, we also got to remember that this is a this is a team where they completely revamped their offense. Uh, they don't know who the offensive coordinator is right now, and they've always built their identity on defense. And when their defense, T.J. Watt and and Cam Hayward and and the guys that they have over there, when they can't hold the team on offense and they don't play well, then we see routinely that the Pittsburgh Steelers get beat. So this team is built around their defense. That They've always been built around their defense. until The only years that they wasn't built around their defense 
for the years that I was there because I told them, I, I, I even called Cam and I was like, Cam, bro, why didn't y'all have this damn defense when we had the offense that we had when we were there? Because we would have been unstoppable. It's just that, you know, we just couldn't put the years together. But with that. And he freezes and again. We're back like he never left. Hey, so there you go. Look, look, I, I have to say this, dude, because it, it, it really bothers me uh, listening to this. When y'all say Najee Harris is stead up, what do you mean by that, Gary? Has he done anything where we can mm-hmm. say, hey, this player has the right to be fed up? You tell me what he's done where it's a, it's where, where, hey, we can see rightfully so you should be upset, Najee Harris. Is it because, I mean, his numbers are not reflecting that he's playing well. No, I think, I think, no, I think the whole Najee Harris issue is his rookie year. He came out guns a blazing. He was really good, off for uh, offensive rookie of the year candidate type guy. And then their offensive line was just decimated the following year. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't run. They couldn't run the ball. Nothing. And. That was when Kenny Pickett's rookie year. And then now that Kenny Pickett's in his second year and Najee's in the third year, well, they got Jalen Warren, a younger guy that that who's going to be on a cheaper contract, all that kind of stuff. I think that all plays into it. And I think the team probably looks at what he did last year, Najee Harris, that is, as, oh, he didn't really pr- produce much. Now we're going to go to two-headed, so that way we don't have to wear him out. We can keep him fresher. But Jalen Warren, when he gets the ball, he looks like he's been the better back. And it's just cutting into Najee Harris' thing. And Najee Harris, his rookie year, everybody's like, oh, we got another Le'Veon Bell. That's exactly what everybody was thinking because he was doing those type of numbers and those type of plays. He was doing that. And then the next year, that O-line, everybody's injured, and it's a makeshift every week with a rookie quarterback. And Najee Harris' production goes down, and everybody fades him now. So I could see it being frustrating, but again, that's NFL. It's what have you done for me lately? And I don't care if you had nothing to work with. You still got to figure it out. And it sucks because the running back relies on that O-line. If you don't have an O-line, it's very – unless you're Barry Sanders, if you don't have an O-line, it's hard to do anything. <laughs> yeah. And speaking, and speaking of that, Gary, I, I, I want you to be commissioner for a day. And then, uh, Tom, I want to hear your your thoughts about this since we are on football before we transition out of this. If you are you are called in, Gary, to revamp the Carolina Panthers offense, defense, special teams, you're coming in to revamp that team. What are you going after in the draft first to correct all these teams, this team's problem? Like, we know Carolina has a lot of issues. Bryce Young as a young quarterback, do you stick with him? And then you go offensive line and you get him some weapons, Gary. How can you fix this Carolina Panthers team if we pushed, we gave you the thrones and the handles and we said, hey, make this team better? How can you make this team better? What is your first move, Gary, as a GM to make the Carolina Panthers a competitive team? Um, I'm redoing the trade I made last year, uh, because I don't have a first round pick this year. So I can't do anything to make my team tremendous. The only way you can do is in the trade area. And it's unfortunate you're going to be in rebuilding years for a few years, but 
you got to get some. I think you trade Brian Burns and you try and get pieces in return, and maybe you get a first round pick out of trading him away because you're not going to be able to do it with what you have right now. You need so much help on the O line, and stuff. your O line needs to be completely revamped. And if you if you want if you think Bryce Young is a guy, you got to put people there that can block for him and give him an opportunity. He is not having any opportunity to do anything because that O line has been atrocious, and. You need more than Adam Thielen to be your receiver. <laughs> you need a little help in the receiving film because that is not going to be your answer. So offensively, I think it's everything on offense right now. If you think Bryce Young is the guy, I'm going to do whatever I can to help build up the receiving core and the O-line, and then maybe flipping uh, Brian Burns for a first-round pick and some assets if possible. But again, teams are going to know your uh, your – weren't needing that and then you had make some splashes in free agency you gotta be willing to spend some money because you got to do something it's going to be a rebuild it's still going to be two to three years before you're even relevant again see i used to believe in that gary and then i'm time i'm gonna let you go because i want to hear your thoughts i used to i used to believe in rebuilding process like it's going to be years to rebuild but the more and more i watch the nfl and how things have transpired you don't get rebuilding years in the NFL gear. You don't get those. I need you to win right now. I'm not getting you in here for you to rebuild or for it to take you a while to win football games and get me to the playoffs. We are in a business, Gary, in the National Football League where we can win right now because we technically get the best of the best. It all comes down to which guy is the best for our system in order for us to win these football games. So I, I don't believe that there's a rebuilding year because Kansas City Chiefs, they've been doing it. Um, granted, they got a stable quarterback, and they're able to do it year in and year out. Tom Brady's proven it. Uh, when he left and went to Tampa Bay, Gary, and then called all the Avengers there to Tampa Bay and won that Super Bowl, and people was like, man, you can't pay for a championship. I'm pretty sure Tampa Bay did that year. You want to know what those teams had in common, though? What did they have in common here? A good old line. Okay. So they weren't missing too many pieces from that anyway is what you're saying. No, I, I, I just think having a good old line helps keep your quarterback so he's not running for his life and allows him to play quarterback and not worry about getting hit all the time. I think that's a huge difference, especially for a rookie. It's, it's going to be tough. And that's why – like the only reason why I say rebuild is because they don't have a first-round pick. So they don't have a chance to get one of the best players in the draft. Unless you get rid of your one of your best players on defense and Brian Burns, then you could probably pull in a first-round pick. But I don't know if they want to do that. I don't think they're going to pay Brian Burns. So if you're not going to pay him, you need to get something for him. You can't I'm just gonna, let it go. I'm going to tell you something. If, if before the season started two years ago, or we'll say two years ago, or it was two years ago, when Russell Wilson was on the move, I was a fan of Russell Wilson going to Carolina because I'm just like, dude, they just need a credible quarterback. They don't need a good quarterback. They don't need a bad quarterback. They just need a credible quarterback because his credibility and what he did in Seattle made him a phenomenal quarterback. He you goes. Marshawn made him a good quarterback. Well, I'm just telling you just because <laughs> he's going to go into the ring of honor. He's going to do a lot of special things there in Seattle when his time is done. But he benefited from Marshawn and the Legion of Doom. 
He it did. wasn't he him. Did. It wasn't just he, he was good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He was he was good. Garrett, but he was not had, elite. He went to the Denver Broncos, bro, and looked like Emmitt Smith when he went to the Cardinals. We were trying to figure <laughs> That's out bad. I, we were trying to figure out like what in the hell is going on? Like, did the wheels fall off that and he hasn't recovered from that? What I'm saying is, Gary, that there is there is some some um and where you go there's a there's a lot of stock in where you go i'll get garoppolo he's in uh he's in oakland right not oakland i'm sorry they moved to vegas he is in vegas doing yeah, nothing he, he's in vegas Derek carr is in new orleans mm-hmm. Derek carr when he was in vegas we all talked about how awful he was. Well, he did go to Pro Bowl and had some good years, though. What good years, Gary? Because good years to you mean good numbers, not 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 playoff numbers. Not playing. Well, he playoffs. went to the playoffs, but they didn't do anything in the playoffs. That's what I'm talking about, Gary. I'm yeah. talking about my level of success is winning football games in the playoffs, meaningful football games against meaningful teams. This yep. is something that Derek Carr does not have in his career. So with that being said, you look at Garoppolo and Garoppolo and his success that he had in, uh, with the 49ers. You look at his success and you would think like, okay, he's a serviceable quarterback. He's this, he's that. He'll go to the Raiders and he'll instantly make them better because maybe he's a clock manager. We could do all these things around his talent level. Well, he goes to uh, Vegas, Gary, and look at him. Struggles. I agree. So it, it's it's all up to the system and in which you working in in terms of how good you're going to be. Bryce Young is doing himself a disjustice. Bryce Young is going to turn into David Carr, where he's going to get so behind the A ball, he's going to develop so many bad habits that he's going to be a lifetime bad quarterback because the bad habits that he's setting for himself right now are the habits that are getting him out of getting absolutely killed on the football field right now, Gary, because he's running for his life. Yep. He's running for his life. And he's going to think like that's the life of a quarterback. That's the life that he lives. So he's going to take that lifestyle to every team that he plays for. So I want to hear from the actual huge Carolina Panther fan what he would do if he was the GM. Going into the offseason, what is your plan? First move I'm making is firing whoever made that trade. Uh, last new GM, last, got it <laughs> right. So I'm taking his spot. That's what that's what we uh, we're doing. Yes. Um, no, yeah, but it's got to be the O line. You got to beef up the O line because if uh, you know somebody like um, you know Bryce Young, he needs a pocket to pass from because he doesn't have the physical tools to like see over you know the line, and uh, he, he obviously can move. Um, so, you know, that's good, but he, if, if, if his game is going to be the best it can be, he's going to need to be able to sit in that pocket and throw, uh, and use his accuracy. That is his weapon, um, to the best of his ability. So we got to beef up that O-line first and foremost. Uh, after that, I would say you're right on the head of, you got to find him some weapons that are actual, you know, number ones. Because, yeah, Adam Thielen's been killing it this year, but I don't know if that's uh, – what do you make that face for, D? That's how you know you don't play fantasy. Bro. Like, what's your definition of killing it? Like Fantasy stats. 
He didn't kill it. Oh, 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 okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but he, I mean, fancy so, stats are real stats. <laughs> so, are you uh, are you upset with the Miles Sanders signing? Uh, I'm not upset. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think it was anything. You is know? he is he still on the team next year? Or you release him if you're the new GM. Uh, uh, you might as well just release him. Let Chuba do his thing. Uh, I mean, if you know, I don't know all the ins and outs of the contract and what kind of money they can save. If it benefits you to cut him then yeah i would cut him because he's not done anything this year and chuba definitely looks like the better back because i'm pretty sure uh when we talked on the podcast and they signed him i said that was a terrible signing yeah probably did i mean we all knew we all knew that carolina was gonna be a shit show this year so it's yes. not it's I, not I got, anyone's i i got a better question for you tom and 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 i know gary gonna probably disagree with you who do you think is the best team in the AFC North right now? If you were the pick between Baltimore Ravens, Cleveland Browns, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, who is the uh, best team? It's got to be the Ravens now. Got to be the Ravens now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joey B's gone for the season. It's got to be the Ravens now. <laughs> Hold on, let me make sure I get this straight. So the only reason why the Cincinnati Bengals even had a chance is because of Joe Burrow? Yes, even, but correct. Even with the way that they've been playing this season, you're telling me that they still had a chance with Joe Burrow. Y'all believe in Joe Burrow that much that Dude. his quarterback deals with that elite to where he can play bad and they still have a chance to... He doesn't even have to be an elite quarterback, but... He's got to be capable, and and you know he was at least capable. Um, I, backups are backups for a reason. So if I'm going to have to guess, I'm going to guess uh, uh, Bernie, whatever the backup is for Joe Burrow, uh, is not going to be the type of player that a franchise well, is ready to build around. And, and I don't think I have trust in Kenny Pickett, and I don't have trust in uh, DTR in Cleveland. I think Lamar is the guy. He's the one. He's the best quarterback that's left playing right now in that division. And I think they're the team to beat. They don't have the best defense. Cleveland has the best defense, arguably with Pittsburgh. Those two are right on par with each other defensively. Yeah, Dude, you know better right. than you know better than most. Offensively, NFL's those teams are terrible. League. Offensively, the best team is by far Baltimore, and Baltimore has a good defense, not elite defense. Okay. Yeah, but but I do. I, I do have a question for you, real quick. In the same realm, D is Kenny Pickett the answer in Pittsburgh at quarterback? I, I no. I, I, I'm. I. I think they should have went after Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers should have never went to the Jets. I think he should have went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I know why he didn't go, and I understand the move that he made. And I told y'all before he made the move and went to the Jets. I told y'all, I said, an elite quarterback does not make a move to go to another man's elite team. I'll give you an example. Um, ben Roethlisberger had just left. It was his it was the, his last season. He was going out. And Rodgers is not going to come in behind a future Hall of Famer and fill the roles, and then now you just have another future Hall of Famer. This wasn't a classic example of the Minnesota Vikings when they got Brett Favre and then Brett Favre stepped up and freaking delivered uh, out of Green Bay. This is not that situation. Yeah. This is not the Tom Brady uh, sequence y'all thought was going to happen. 
because he just doesn't have that level of talent. All I'm saying is, is that I would have went after a Kenny Pickett. He's serviceable. And when I say serviceable, Gary, like I don't, I've watched the Pittsburgh Steelers play, man. And with the defense that they have, they should be a better team than what we have seen, Gary. Like, I don't know if it's the offensive coordinator because I know they've been wanting to fire the offensive coordinator. But I don't know if it's just as much the players' fault as it is the coaching staff. So they got to get it right over there and they got to figure it out. Uh, But I can tell you this right here. As the season keep playing out and the Pittsburgh Steelers continue to play and put themselves out on the field and put whatever product that they put out there, I know that Coach Tomlin is doing the best coaching job in the National Football League. Anytime you have the worst six and three football team, yeah, you deserve some type of recognition. No, I'm I agree. Still not, I'm still, I still don't understand how they win in games, Gary. Like I, I, no clue, bro, how they're winning football games. I can't just be like, oh man. They defense, man. They defense just keeping them in it. Like the one, defense one and, the, and the running game because they're not doing it passing. Gary, it's one game where I'm just like, damn, man. Like they defense let them down. They win the game, and I'm like, I don't know how they do this. Yeah. Special team step up. They win this game right here where offense look like, oh, okay, they might be back, but then all other areas of the field they failed in. Like they win in one area of football, Gary, and win football games. Like, they lose on offense, lose on special teams, win on defense, and win the game. It's crazy because, to me, Pittsburgh, they're rivals, but Pittsburgh and Cleveland are carbon copies of each other right now. Their defense is keeping keeping the game. You can't rely on on the throwing to win. You're relying on running the ball. And trying to have and get turnovers from your defense and your defense win you games. That's what you're relying on. But somehow you're still sneaking out wins if the other side lets you down. Both teams are doing that. They're literally doing the same game plan. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, well, now, dealing with some different animals now here, though. But Cleveland's dealing with injuries, Gary. Yes, Cleveland's I agree. Dealing, Pittsburgh's not dealing with injuries, bro. That is a true statement. But that's what I'm saying. But with dealing with injuries, that's why they became similar style teams. Because if they weren't dealing with injury, obviously if they weren't dealing with injury. Nick Chubb would be still getting the ball 85 times a game because he's that type of back. Like, that's just what they were going to do in the offense. And I don't know if Deshaun Watson's the answer or not. I don't think he is. I think they definitely should not have paid him with that because I don't think he's ever going to be the Deshaun Watson of old. The fact that he's only played 10 games in three years now. Uh, he's done, right? For the rest of the year. Yeah, so so who <laughs> – so Cleveland's playing with a backup running back and a backup quarterback, Gary, and they're still winning football games. Yes. Still winning football games. And you're going to tell me that the Pittsburgh Steelers are the worst 6-3 and three team ever? That's kind of a stretch, Gary. Like we got just, whole they team. Just beat, they back. just beat the Steelers. That terrible team just beat the Steelers. Yeah. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, but just think about what we're saying here now. We're saying that the Cleveland Browns are better than the Pittsburgh Steelers with a backup quarterback 
and a backup running back. They were on this day. I'm not saying that they would win every game. They were on this day. Their defense played better than Pittsburgh's defense. The game was atrocious. It was just a bad game in yeah, general. It was yeah. not worth watching for anybody. But not to mention, not to mention the uh, Browns aren't six and three. They're seven and three. Yeah, because <laughs> they got that win. Boy. Hey, well let 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 me let me let me let me slide into this because as everybody knows, we uh y'all 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 done with football. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Go real quick, real quick. Who do y'all think is favorite to win the Super Bowl now with all the injuries and everything and how this year's playing out? Who do y'all got his favorite to win? Obviously, we know D's going to say 49ers. I'm thinking 49ers in Miami in the Super Bowl. Would be explosive. I think if you go to odds makers, it's probably Philly, Kansas City, with Dallas in a close third, if I had to guess. Oh, yeah. I'm about to say it's going to be Cowboys in there, baby. But that's just because of the bias of Dallas fans. I don't think Dallas is that good of a team. Okay, I got to say this, and then I'm going to let y'all, we can go, we can get out of football. Uh, but as we talk about the uh, football teams and 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 all the things backup quarterbacks related, right? Brock Purdy was a backup quarterback. Brock Purdy came in and played not like a backup quarterback, like the elite quarterback that, we didn't know that he was. Nobody knew anything about Brock Purdy. He is now the starting quarterback of a franchise that has won six Super Bowls. Uh, that well, five is it? It's five or six uh, Super Bowls, and and potentially on their way to their next one. Uh, not because of him being Brock Purdy, because Brock Purdy. We're not asking him to go in and win football games. We're going to him. We're going into games telling him to just play football games. If you play and you score some touchdowns, we're going to win football games because our defense is that good. So with that being said, backup quarterbacks, like you said earlier, Tom, he was like backup quarterbacks or backup quarterbacks for a reason. Yes, they are backup quarterbacks for a reason until we need them to step up into that light and deliver. And Brock Purdy has done that. There's other quarterbacks in certain situations that have done the same thing. That's how Tom Brady became Tom Brady, is him stepping up out of the backup role and being the man. So, again. Yeah, but some backups are drafted to eventually take over, and some backups are backups because they're backups. <laughs> That's what blows my I, I don't think Tom Brady was drafted to take over, though. Oh, yeah, it was. They knew what they were getting in the sixth round out of Michigan. Come on now. I'll stab you in the face. <laughs> hey, well, how about this? How about this? Let's do a draft of our own right now. I want to do a Thanksgiving food draft and let let the people decide who has the best draft. We'll just draft three items. Three items. We'll draft. Okay. We'll, we'll do Time a main course. First. We'll do a main course, a side dish, and a dessert. All right. So my first pick in the main course round, I'm taking the turkey. Come on, it's 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 just it's just too obvious. You got to have the turkey. Thanksgiving Day, Turkey Day is synonymous. I don't think you can have a number one overall pick that's not the turkey. If you ask me, is this a snake draft? Yes, yeah, a snake draft. Okay, D, you can go second then. 
What do you mean a snake? Oh, so I got to go first round. What am I? I can't take turkey because he took it. So right. yeah, he got first. You get second. I get third. I get fourth. You get fifth. He gets sixth. He gets seventh. Okay. So it's I'm, a snake. I'm Back gonna go. I'm gonna go candy yams. You gotta have candy yams or some type of sweet potato. So he took the sleeper. Okay. You you have to have some. Or did I take the sleeper because of the what's that? Chemical that makes you. <laughs> uh, I know what it's called. Tri- 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 Hippophan, tryptophan, tri- or something. Tri- yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So you're going, you're going side dish first round, huh? Got to go side dish. You took the main okay. meat. Well, because you took the main meat, I'm gonna go with what I know best. If you don't have any candy yams or any sweet potatoes on the menu of any sort, whether it's in a pie or whether it's uh, as a side dish, then you're not having Thanksgiving. And I'm going to go with the one that I know D's family loves because they do it, or at least his wife and kids do it every leading up to Thanksgiving. I don't even know if he knows this, but I'm going to go with a honey baked ham mm-hmm. with my first choice because oh, I prefer, I eat more ham than I eat turkey on oh, Thanksgiving. I eat turkey. But I eat more ham than I eat turkey, and a honey baked ham ain't nothing better. Now, do you do you do you cook your own ham, or do you go to like the oh, honey baked ham? Get store? a honey baked ham. <laughs> you gotta get the honey baked ham. Okay. <laughs> All right, and then uh, my with my next pick, I'm gonna go with a. Let's go with. Hmm, I'm gonna go with a dessert. Actually, that's probably not on a lot of people's list. It was actually just introduced to me recently from my mom. And we only have it in Thanksgiving and in Christmas. And that is ambrosia. Ambrosia is what? a it's a bunch of fruits mixed in with cool whip. Cool whip. And oh wait, it, that was one of our questions for our draft. Do you remember that? It was in the trivia questions. Yep. <laughs> and, you, and you put it in the fridge and you get it nice and cold and it gets like a uh, little cold like dessert with a bunch of fruits. Everybody's got fruit, Cool Whip. It's so good. My mom just introduced it to me a few years ago and now it has become a staple. It is one that some people have probably never had for Thanksgiving, but it is now a tradition in the Barnage household. So that is my second pick. D, you're up. What kind of Dolly Parton choice was that? <laughs> I'm going to go... Uh, Taking the Brock Purdy pick right there. I'm, I'm going to go dressing. Dressing is going to be my second pick. I uh, mean, he's going with the staples. Okay. I I, I mean, if, if I'm going to go dressing, some people call it stuffing, you know, depending on your background. I'm going with that, but you got you to gotta throw in the cranberry sauce or some type of ghibli gravy. You got to throw something else in there with it. If you just eat dressing by itself with nothing else, just dressing, you are what's wrong with the world. Quick, what's the difference between stuffing and dressing? Either way. I think it's the celery added or something like that. There's something else added that's not in one of them. I heard whether it was onions, maybe? Whether it was put in the turkey to cook. If you stuff it into the turkey, it's Uh, stuffing. That would make sense. I I think it's one of those things that kind of like we got more than one name for it. And depending on where you was raised and where you were brought up, it's the same thing. I don't, whether it's in or out the turkey, it's dressing. But I can tell you this, though. There is a certain way 
that you have to cook dressing. It's number two on my list. It would have been number one, but I honestly believe in all the things that we cook. And I'm going to sit here for a minute, and I know I might not need to sit here, but I'm going to sit here for a minute. I think dressing is single-handedly the most messed up dish in all of Thanksgiving. Because why the hell, why is it dry? Why is it dry? I, I agree. That's the thing you can't, cannot listen, be dry. Listen, you can get mac and cheese with not enough cheese in it. You can get mac and cheese that's not baked enough. You can get, uh, there's a lot. But I honestly believe that the most common thing that's overcooked and cooked wrong for Thanksgiving is the dressing. Because if your dressing is dry, dude, why, why? Like, I would agree with that. It is unbelievable. I that's that's why it's number two on my list. Would be number one because I think that's the most important side dish when going into Thanksgiving in terms of what you won't cook the right way. But go ahead, Tom. All right, Tom, you get two. Well, you know, and this is where I, I hit a, a tough spot because my personal favorite side is green bean casserole, but you guys have just left the glue of the Thanksgiving Day plate out there for me to have. So I'm going to have to hit up that mashed potatoes and gravy as my side dish because you can't go wrong when you got – because the thing about the mashed potatoes is you can put that on your plate. You can put corn on top of it. You can put gravy. You can put anything on top of mashed potatoes and gravy or anything beside it. It's going to help it stick to that plate. You know, because you got you, if you're trying to stuff your plate, you got to have mashed potatoes in there to hold everything in. So not only is it like a delicious side, but it is also very functional in helping you stack that plate up. So and then plus the gravy, you know, can run on over into the turkey just in case that turkey wasn't cooked too well and it's a little bit too dry. So I'm gonna do mashed potatoes and gravy. And then for my for my my last pick, ooh, I'm gonna go for my dessert. And I want to know, can I do this? Can I just say pies in general, or do I have to have a... Oh, it has to be one. I was about to say, because I was about to take y'all down with pies. <laughs> oh, man, you know what? Because I'm going back and forth between apple and pumpkin pie. And I think I'm just going to have to hit the pumpkin pie as my dessert draft pick. Pumpkin, pumpkin, pie, pie, pumpkin, pumpkin, pie, pie. So that is what time is going. My draft, turkey, mashed potatoes, and gravy. And pumpkin pie. That man, that's I, I think I like to think of a more basic white girl. Uh, exactly. Thanksgiving <laughs> <laughs> draft. Hey, <laughs> D, right. I, I well, think you owe us a main dish, don't you? Or is it? Oh, he doesn't have a dessert or main dish. Oh yeah, he's just been doing sides. He just signed it up. <laughs> hey, um, and my final is greens. Uh, greens are my third choice uh so all sides he's a side man oh 100 that's that's what it all boils down to because he picked the turkey now 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 hear me out on this turkey here i i don't like the deep fried turkeys i'm not a deep fried turkey guy because that's hit or miss whoever's deep frying the turkey got to make sure that that it shit ain't can't dry. be dry see that's the thing if if it's a possibility that it can be dry I don't even want to deal with it. Yep. I don't want to, because when you go over people's house, it's different from house to house. Some people like it dry. Some people don't like it dry. 
and those options are not given to everybody in the house. They don't have two different um, uh, dressings and stuffings. They don't have two different uh, turkeys that they deep fry or whatever. I, for the most part, I don't really like oven turkey, but I'm telling you what I do love. Anything cooked like the turkey legs that I eat from these parts, that, <laughs> bro, juicy, smashing them. So if I can get somebody to, so you smoke like those, me, you like those smoked greasy turkeys? Oh man, I like. Because there's those. no chance it's gonna be dry. No chance it's gonna be dry at all. And guess what? That smoke taste that's in that turkey, I could eat that all day long dude the best turkey that i've ever eaten is in the greens that my wife cook it is unbelievable i i'm i'm crushing the turkey i mean all the greens all weekend however long it take me to to get them done and they are exceptionally amazing during the thanksgiving time because i am very thankful for those greens i'm very thankful for the none dry dressing and i am very thankful for the freaking um sweet potato or the yams so yeah i i did go with all sides because i think those are three staple sides and the three biggest sides on somebody's plate at thanksgiving and to round it all out i am gonna go with the green bean casserole uh what a what a what a steal so last So I said I said that was my favorite, but I had to I had to draft I had to draft uh mashed potatoes and gravy. So we got green bean castle, we got ambrosia, and we got honey baked ham. Uh you let us know who won this the Thanksgiving draft. Also, if you haven't heard anything about Thanksgiving, all that kind of stuff, all you need to know is you can't have dry turkey or dry stuffing. And you'll be all right. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, 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 need, I need all of us to uh, name our teams, though. I've already named my team the Basic White Girls. So, so Dean, what's your, what's your team name? Uh, I feel like the side pieces. My, my, the side effect. The, <laughs> the side, side effect. effect. I love it. Mine's out of left field. Yeah, I'm about to say, you just got to be some craziness because that ain't broken. <laughs> God, dog. Hey, hey, Gary has some intel. And this this question will always be asked since the dawn of time. I'm going to see how I can ask this question and not sound racist when I ask this question. Who the hell got got white people on pumpkin pie, man? Like, what, what, what international superstar decided, like, hey, all white people, you're going to like pumpkin pie? And all black people, you're going to like sweet potato pie. And this so, is going to be a battle for the rest of Thanksgiving lives. Like, so I actually, I don't understand why pumpkin pie is at Thanksgiving. To me, that should be a Halloween dish, right? Because Halloween is pumpkins. So how did it transition into a dish for Thanksgiving? That just leftovers? And they just like, oh, we're going to turn these leftover pumpkins into something else. I'm all for the sweet potato pie. I'm all for the pumpkin pie. Now, pumpkin pie, I'm eating. I'm giving you one piece. I'm not eating any more of the rest of that pie. I'm going to eat one piece. Sweet potato pie, I'm probably going to give you about three pieces, and I'm not eating any more. But ambrosia, I'm eating the whole damn bowl. So there's a difference. But that's just how it is for me. 
I'm not. I like pumpkin pie, but I'm only giving you one one piece. Same with pecan pie, which wasn't mentioned. Pecan pie, I get you about one or two, and that's all I'm eating. The rest I'm not touching. Bro, I'm hitting everything in there but the pumpkin pie and all the. the <laughs> I'm not, I actually have not had a sweet potato pie in so long. I'm gonna have to get D'Angelo's wife to make me one next time I go there. There you go. I'm, I'm going to tell you what I hadn't had in a long time. And I don't eat them anymore because it's 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 not a thing. But I used to eat them all the time when I was young. German chocolate cake. Oh, yeah. I love German chocolate cake. It would be like the most amazing thing on Thanksgiving. You bring that now and I'm not touching. I'm looking at it like, bro. That's what, my mom, that's what my mom makes me for my birthday every year if I'm in town. She makes me I'm German like, chocolate cake. Chocolate cake, bro. How old? Oh, yeah. Like 50, 60 years old. <laughs> if bringing a German chocolate cake to a gathering, you're old as hell. Okay, that's like bringing <laughs> the, the strawberry candies to something or them, the, red, say <laughs> the red packaging. Like you did, that's just the old, that's an old quirk. You need to my, work out. My father in law, the other day, we were at his house with uh, doing Halloween, helping him pass out candy. And these kids, like five, four, five, six years old, walk up. And he had just ran out of candy. He goes, oh, wait, I got the good candy inside. Let me go get it. This man comes back outside with Heath bars. (laughs) (laughs) Breaking kids' teeth every year. I said, Pops, that's the old people candy. What you talking about, the good candy? (laughs) Man, that's right there. You don't even go to that house. Right, right. Now, but uh, uh, what, what, uh, one last thing before we go, because we've reached the end of our podcast. What is one thing that you are thankful for this past year going into next year? What would you say? I'm thankful for my health, man. Um, looking at what's going on around the world right now and, and things that, that are going down. And I'm going to tell you what's going down. And I, I'm going to try not to get emotional because this has really bothered me. It has really bothered me that uh, as soon as Halloween is over. People put up their Christmas lights. I knew it. I was waiting for it. <laughs> I, I, I was like, there ain't no way he's really about to say something. I, I, can't, I, I can't take all this heartache. Like, it, it blows my mind that. Talking to you, reason, Mama Time. Uh, Talking to Mama Time. Hey. Uh, look, it, it, it blows my mind that the holiday where we're supposed to be thankful for things, we're supposed to highlight our family. Not only do we supposed to highlight our family, we're supposed to spend time with our family and tell everybody what we're thankful for and like kind of get back to the earth. We want to skip over that and go straight to the present. Like, yeah, hey, let's get to the good shit. Let's, let's, we don't need no chaser. I need all liquor, no chaser. It blows my mind that people go through that, man. They go through that because they feel like, hey, this little time in between October and December 25th is when I'm going to be happy. I want to be happy for an extra month. Not 12, not 12 months out of the year. I'm okay if you, your Christmas tree is up 12 months out of the year because we understand that you really got a problem. We understand that not only do you have a problem, you're suffering within that problem. And it's okay. It's okay. We get it. You, you are, you're happy. It makes you feel the way that you feel. But here's the thing, Tom. Do you ever think about the negative effect that you're having on other people 
in your community or just ride by? Because every time I ride by your Christmas lights, I'm thinking to myself, what the hell are they doing? Why? What's the point? Hey, or you could be like, so where I work, y'all are going to love this. I had a great idea. So this year I got to decorate the club for Halloween. So they kind of just gave me a budget. I went out, bought a ton of stuff. One of the things I bought was this like 20 foot Jack Skellington, uh, you know, that talks or whatever. I said, hey, because we have this big Christmas tree that we put up every year. I said, hey, when we put up our Christmas tree, we can just keep Jack Skellington out, dress him up like Santa Claus. And there we have a Christmas decoration with uh, our Halloween decoration. So we put up our tree and we have Jack Skellington hanging a ornament and we have like this makeshift beard uh, and Santa Claus outfit on him. It is hilarious. And it's, it's not just, hilarious because you have a Christmas tree up. <laughs> it's hilarious because look, we have embraced the movement of, of of Halloween being the last day before Christmas, baby. Come on, come on, the last day before Christmas. Gary, what are you thankful for this year? Uh, nothing because people are still doing that. It's no, <laughs> it's just like I'm gonna I'm gonna echo some of what D said because I got mad at D's wife the other day and she doesn't even know it. She probably does because I told her I felt like she did it on purpose. Uh, we were heading. I was following her back from the farm uh, from the farm and um, she'd bring me by all these houses that are decorated in Christmas lights. I literally wanted to rip them all down. It bothers me to no end. That people like like D said that people just gloss over Thanksgiving and then they want to throw out the stuff. Oh, Thanksgiving was that's when people were slaughtered. That we weren't alive during that. None of that stuff matters right now. All that matters is giving thanks for your your family, your friends, your life, and everything you have going on for you, and you just gloss over it, like D said. That is so frustrating to me. And uh it is a uh, terrible thing to do. And the fact that you time who you yourself has said, you are not a fan of that. You are allowing your workplace to celebrate Christmas before Thanksgiving. It's on un- your changed. This. I'll say this. I, I don't mind the decorations. I don't think you should start listening to Christmas music. So I will even give a compromise. I will give a compromise. If you want to put your Christmas tree trees up, your lights up, all that stuff before Thanksgiving, so be it. Don't turn them on until after Thanksgiving. I don't care if it's up. I don't care if you have your inflatables out. Don't blow them up until after Thanksgiving. You can have them sitting on the ground where they want to go. You can have the, you can have your whole yard decorated. Just don't turn the lights on until it hits after Thanksgiving. And I'll compromise with you because you already got it out. Just don't turn the stuff on. <laughs> what would be the point of putting it out? Just let so it you don't have to do it later after Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's what I'm going to start doing, man. I'm going to go, let me see, uh, August. In August, I'm going to set up for Thanksgiving. I mean, uh, uh, Halloween. I'm just going to decorate my house in August for Halloween. And I'm going to see how many people be like, hey, man, you kind of You should. You 100%. I will, I will do it with you if you, you do still, that. We can I see will, what kind of people, people react to it. Yeah, I want to see how people react to it because that's the same principle when we get around Christmas and Thanksgiving. They act like, wait, hold up, bro. You... You a little early, huh? The only like, problem is you won't ha- you won't be skipping over a holiday. Well, you don't have to skip over a holiday because people get upset with you. Try to put up 
Try to put up Halloween decorations, Gary, in September. I'm willing to bet your HOA may give you crap about it, but they're not giving crap to people about Christmas. Any other holiday, Gary, you getting like ultra prepared for it before that month even get there. Like, hey, man, I'm getting, I'm just getting ready for it. Well, I think, I think because Halloween time is just like the start of the holiday season. So it's like a full. I want to start my holiday season in July then. Yeah. Okay, there's Christmas in August. <laughs> You're a Come terrible on. human. Come on with it. <laughs> well, I'm thankful for family and friends. I think this year, more than any, I feel like each time I got to hang out with, uh, you know, family or friends, it feels, uh, you know, more special. Just because I think as you get older, you start to appreciate those times that you get to hang out with people. A little bit more because you know i mean life happens the world happens and everybody's you know doing their own things and growing their lives and uh you know it's 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 a, a rare thing that you get to get to spend time with people that you love and that love you uh, it's a rare condition this day and age that's what it reminds me of but yeah nah so i'm thankful for that and then i am also thankful for this podcast being over because I am done listening to y'all's blasphemy about Christmas. And it's it's funny if you would have listened to this podcast two years ago and you would have talked to the same exact conversation, time was on our side. He has slowly gone so to the dark I, side. I'm partly on your side. I, I don't think Christmas music needs to be played the day after because by the time you get to Christmas time, I'm tired of the Christmas music. We have literally had this conversation before, and you were on our side saying people shouldn't set up. You didn't want Cynthia setting up stuff before, but you still, oh, and yeah. now you're slowly right. changing to the other side. Our tree's I up. I can say this I, I am looking forward to Black Friday. I'm looking forward to Black Friday this year more than any other year because I need tools and I need tools bad. And I'm going into the Black Friday looking for all the deals that I possibly can get on tools and tool sets. Well, Dean, you're already behind. Black Friday started last Tuesday. No, Black Friday started <laughs> on Black Friday. No, nope. hey, you want to tell me ain't none of y'all got? I've, I've already got like four or five different emails. It's like our our pre Black Friday deals are here. Get the get the Black Friday doorbusters. No, 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 no. You're not you're not understanding how how these sales work. This is I'm a firm believer that these sales work like this. We're gonna start our Black Friday sale early, right? We're gonna start it a week early, and we're giving you fifteen percent off. Or on Black Friday, I'm giving you 50% off. I'm going to wait till the percentage is a lot higher and get it on Black Friday than getting those Black Friday deals up front. So if you generally wait for Black Friday, on that day, you get a better price because they're trying to boom stuff out right now versus, oh, we're going we're gonna to take advantage of the fact that we're going to put Black Friday sale deal on it, give them 15% off and watch they fly off the shelf. So, yeah, time you are. You're right. You're getting a deal, but you're not getting the Black Friday deal. Do you you're think getting- there there comes a day where somebody tries to cancel Black Friday for being Black Friday? And it's a day where people are, like, getting deals and, you know, I, I, can, I feel like the world we live in, I can see it. No, <laughs> I can see it. Ain't gonna- It'll, it'll, that'll never be a problem because the entire world is saving money and everybody's on board for that. Well, the entire United States. I don't think the world does Black Friday, but... 
I mean, the world that I live in do, so the world. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, we appreciate y'all tuning in to another episode of the Cinnamon Sugar Podcast, and we will actually not be back. We are going to take a little two-week hiatus. Um, we got some Ooh. things coming up for the fellas. Uh, they will be, I think, D, what you going to the Hall of Fame? And I got the Hall of Fame, man. College Football Hall of Fame. It's crazy. I can't believe we hadn't talked about it. Yet. Yeah, he's going to go watch some guys get inducted. I don't know why he's going, but... I, I, I can't believe that I'm getting inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. That is a true statement. I cannot believe it. I didn't think I was good enough. Congrats, sir. To, to be in the Hall of Fame, but I do one of my all-time worst moments happened in the Louisville game that Gary always well, likes to bring go. up. Here you go. Hold over my he says that he scored a touchdown that game. I don't remember it. Don't worry. I'll send you a video when we got this podcast. <laughs> I don't remember it. Uh, but, yeah, um, we, we had fun in college. It's it's crazy because, you know, you look back and and you look at all the accolades you get when you're old. Like, one, it lets you know that you're getting old. Two, it lets you know, like, dang, man, I was okay. Like, I was – I may have been all right in college, you know what I'm saying? And and it's cool because some of the guys that I'm going in with, I watched when I was a kid or when I was younger. So to go in with some of these guys, man, is is kind of cool. It just really hadn't set in yet because I'm just like, man, it's not real. It's not real. I'm not really going. So, you know, hopefully it'll be really real to me when, when I get there and we go to the, the actual ceremony. It is a true honor, and the congrats. You deserve it. Um, That's not and... what you were earlier, Gary, but I appreciate you. <laughs> uh, you know, I can not I can only let you have so much. I can't just keep your head filled too much because then your ego gets way too much. I can't. I got to keep taking you back down. Uh, <laughs> so I can, only, I can only congratulate you a little bit. Um, but, yes, Gary, I will bring I, up how you hand off the ball and lost the game for your team against I, us. I, I do have a question for you, Gary. If you could name the top three players in your high school that have went on to the pros, are you the highest drafted player in your your no? Your high we had an O lineman drafted second round. What was Pat Tumberland? He went to Florida oh. State and he got. Only, we've only had three players. Uh, Pat Tumberland got drafted in the second round and he was O lineman went to Florida state. We had Richard Owens who got drafted in the sixth round and he went to Louisville and he got drafted by Minnesota. And then I got, I was drafted in the fifth round, okay. I, I, but I had the longest career in the NFL at nine years. So Tom, do you, do you know any of the guys that got drafted from your high school? Oh, no, not that I can think of. Okay. Uh-huh. And you were the only one from yours? Yeah, uh, I was the only one that got drafted from mine. We had a safety that pay, played for the Raiders. His name was Tim Smiley, ironically. Not the Tim Smiley that uh, – uh, that's not Tim Smiley that played wide receiver. Was that Tim uh, – Tim Dwight. That was Tim Dwight, yeah, not him. But he, his name was Tim Smiley, played like in the 80s. But he was a second or third round draft pick. He was the only one to ever get drafted from there. And then I was the their first first round pick of mm-hmm. uh, my high school. Uh, we've had a few guys to play in the league, but not get drafted. It was more so a tryout. But as far as getting drafted, 
there's only two or three in our our school's history. Um, I was interested to see what Tom says because we did Tom, have a baseball player drafted at the first round by the Cleveland Guardians. He's a starting pitcher. What 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 state did you go to high school in, Tom? North Carolina. So you were there around the time when uh, Chris Leak played then. Independence High School. What what year was he there? He was right before Tim Tebow. I know that would been probably older than me though. Yeah, that would have uh, been that might have been. I graduated high school in two thousand six. Okay. No, that should have been right around the same time or right before it. During okay. your time. Because Tebow graduated high school in I graduated high school in 04. Tebow graduated in 07, I think, from high school. So he might have I think he was in I'm looking it up. Yeah, because Chris Leak, from what I was told, was the man in high school. Like absolute dog in high school. Um, yeah, Chris Leak was he was born the same year as me. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> you said that like that was young. No, I'm just saying, so it would have been, he'd have been in high school in 2000 and 2004, same time as me. Uh, yeah, Leak was that dude at Independence High School. Uh, there was a few other people that were like the guys. Just before we leave, Gary, I, I just want to make you, uh, want you to make a comment on it and then we'll end this podcast time. Not you, just Gary. Did you see Musa Muhammad's son make that catch against Texas A&M, the one-hander, and then leap the guy? I did not. Okay, so he had a highlight where he looked exactly like his father, man. Uh, Musa Muhammad played mm-hmm. for the Carolina. forever. Played for the Chicago Bears mm-hmm. uh, and then ended up coming back to Carolina. Uh, and we made a little run there with him. But watching him catch that ball, because I used to talk to little Moose uh called him Mookie. Uh but when he was younger, about 12, 13, 10 in that area, you know, we play catch with him and stuff like that. But to see these kids grow up, man, and turn into uh I don't want to say their fathers, but turn it into grown men that are playing football now blows my mind. Yeah. Absolutely blows my mind, Gary. I see this little guy and he's like 20 plus years old with a beard and like they're dating and like, let you know you're old. We want to thank y'all for joining us on this today. <laughs> <laughs> they, oh, he, yeah. he said, he said, we old. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah. he forgot at his old age. What are you supposed to say? Right. Yeah. Right. Damn. D. And you know, it's one too. So he is, he's the big four. Oh, uh, over there. Yeah. What I'm I'm out of here, dude. You can end this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, like we this. appreciate you tuning in. Stay tuned. We'll be back uh, in a few weeks for another episode of Cinnamon Sugar Podcast. We out. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast, featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast, featuring. D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage.